Welcome into the Vestavia Hills City Schools podcast. I'm with McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Brooke, happy February. Hey, Will. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I feel like it's been a, uh, a busy few weeks for us yes. here in the school system. So lots going on. Uh, February tends to tends to be, I've, I feel like, a busier month, especially you know that, that time heading into spring break. Just a lot going on with testing in the schools, a lot going on with other student activities, shows, performances of things. Uh, any highlights for you recently of some things that have been happening in your world? Well, what I think of right now is I've actually been in our schools a lot this week, which is probably my favorite thing to do, but just touring classrooms with, we've had visitors from outside the system wanting to see um, our teachers in action, been able to participate in some data meetings and other leadership meetings at a couple of our schools. And so that's definitely been the highlight of my week just to see like I said, our teachers and our administrators really teaching and in action. So that's been great. We had the opportunity last week at our Board of Education meeting to recognize our teachers of the year throughout the, the school system. Nine amazing educators who have been working for so many years to make this a special place, a welcoming place for everybody. And then that evening after the board meeting, we had our third annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony which was so special. Five legendary employees of the school system, Kelly Bagby, Brian Kane, Dr. Karen Delano, Kimberly McBride, and Audrey Farrow, who were all inducted into our Hall of Fame and will be forever recognized here in our school system as being uh, among the great. But on that note, thinking about the people who make this a special place, February is is one of those times that we take a, a closer look at how we are supporting every student. It is Black History Month. It is National School Counseling Week, the first full week of of February. And there's a lot that's been going on in the school system for the past few years on character education and appreciation of diversity. The folks who make this a special place ensuring that every student is welcomed and that every student has a voice and an opportunity to make this place their own and to be counted. So here today to join us on that conversation is the superintendent, Dr. Todd Freeman, and Director of Curriculum and Instruction, Dr. Antonio Cooper. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We have highlighted Hope Institute before. We've highlighted some work of character education, but this would be a good time to really unpack the history of that, how that's that conversation started in our school system and how it how it got us to today. With the school system has had a mission of providing every student the opportunity to learn without limits for a number of years. And that is quite a mantra and quite a pinnacle effort for a school system to reach. And a mission should be such as that. It should be one of those really high-arching efforts to try to reach something that people would think to be unimaginable. So learning without limits guides our work. We have three goals in our strategic plan, uh, and one of those is confronting the challenges that our students and our families face. And with that in mind, our schools have been committed in so many different ways academically, behaviorally, and other ways to support our students when there are limitations. But one of those obvious things is that we want to remove barriers that keep our students from being resilient, persevering, being able to do the work they need to do, which is academics. Uh, So several years ago, a couple of our school systems began investing in a uh, organization through Sanford University called Hope Institute. And Hope Institute works with uh, character.com 
www.ghostbusters.org, which is a national organization that promotes character in schools. The whole idea of engaging in this process was this idea of trying to remove limits. And we think teaching character is the approach that really answers so many of those ways to eliminate obstacles. We think that if children are treated with respect, if they're kind, uh, if they persevere, whatever the core values are that we think are important for our kids, that our community believes is important for our kids, is a way to move through those limitations with uh, much better tenacity. So a school system like ours, we had two that started with this several years ago. Now all of our schools, all nine schools, participate in a partnership with Hope Institute to develop character programming. It's not a curriculum. It's just a programming based on what our core values are at each school that we just infiltrate into everything we do uh, on those campuses. Dr. Cooper, I know you really, I guess, oversee the school teams and their work with Hope Institute. Could you talk a little bit about what Hope Institute looks like? So when our teams go and and work at Sanford, what some of that looks like, and even maybe fill our listeners in a little bit on what are core values and how those were developed. The Hope Institute is beautiful, and that's the best way that I could define it. It's just a beautiful opportunity for educators to come in and get exactly what it is that they need. So to answer the question as to what does it look like, it looks different for every school team that goes in. They go in with a specific mind frame and mindset of How can I make things better in my school's culture and climate? And so with that specific thing, every school, even every school in our system looks different Um, as far as the demographic makeup, the the special needs that are in the building, the staff that are in the building, the parents and the community support. All those things are different. And the schools come in with those unique set of criteria that they're really looking for answers and support on. So when they actually go to the Hope Institute, like Dr. Freeman said, character.org is a heavy partner with them. So they're bringing in the leading minds in the world of character education. That They come in and they talk about several different ideas and several different strategies that schools can use to be able to create a healthier climate and culture. And from those, the schools then have opportunities to sit down, collaborate with each other, with the experts there, and with the members of the Hope Institute there to help them cultivate a plan and select a set of core values within their building to help make their culture and climate more healthy, to help streamline all of the things, the values that they want to see their students leave them with, help them to be able to incorporate them in general instruction. Core values are just the general traits that good people have. All of those kinds of things are a part of it, and the schools choose which ones are unique to them. And so, like Dr. Freeman said, we started with two schools, In the last four years, all of our schools have bought into it, and they are participating at, I mean, it's an alarming rate. It's a bunch of our schools. They have a bunch of teams, rather, that participate either in year one, two, or three, and they're constantly sending more teams through to expose more of the teachers in their buildings. Something that you just said a moment ago reminded me of something that I heard in in filming the Teachers of the Year that we honored. And with every teacher that I interviewed for our video piece, and you can see that on our website and social media, I always ask them, what's what's the motivation for you? What's the thing that gets you excited and gets you going every day? And so many of them very consistently said, you know, at the end of the day, the area that I teach, whether they remember that for the rest of their lives, use that in college or in their career. That's not so much important to me. 
But what is important to me is that the students leave my classroom and they are kinder people. They're more respectful people. They're, that their character leads them on to be a good person throughout life. Kind of what you were talking about, Dr. Cooper, with the qualities that you would want to instill in a child. So what goes on in those in those meetings and in those conversations in terms of what what the schools are developing in terms of core values and and who picks the core values the schools themselves or somebody else telling them what to do How, what does that look like they pick it they pick their core values themselves the hope institute um, facilitators will share a list of core values for them the schools will look at their sir reports to look at their discipline data They'll look at their test scores. They'll use the feedback that they've gotten from teachers to be able to see what are the problem areas in our building or what are the areas that if we could have a perfect school, what, what could we fix? What, what could we do in this area to make it better? Or, or where are the areas that our students are struggling the most with? When you think of most elementary schools, those students are selfish. Mm. It's all about I, me, and <laughs> mine, mine. Mine, mine, Yeah, it's mine, mine, mine. <laughs> right. So, you know, of course, they would want to utilize some of the core values that, you know, go along with that as far as kindness, you know, respect, all of those kinds of things to be able to help address that school-wide issue. And so what they then do is they create a touchstone, and it's the way that the school, the, the creed that the school will follow moving forward so that a student entering in kindergarten will be able to hear that for the next six years of their education in elementary school and so that they can be able to build on it vertically. So what the way you define it to a kindergarten student wouldn't be as complex as you would to a fifth grade student. And they work in there to develop that vertical curriculum of sorts to be able to help the students better understand case in point kindness. You know, you can really elaborate and stretch that word out to show what it looks like at every age level and for the future references when they get older so that they can always reflect back to their elementary stages, to those core values that they learn, and it will become who they are. And I think that's such an important point is because we want these core values to really be embedded. It's not just something that we say on the intercom every morning or that, you know, they're posted on the wall or even on our website, but it's something that our kids are exhibiting and really thinking about throughout the school day and hopefully even outside of school as well. Yes, they have one great point that I've taken away from all of my times visiting Hope Institute, and that is the quote of character education should not be seen as something else added to a teacher's plate. Instead, it should be considered the teacher's plate to which you add everything else to. So that oh, when wow. you're teaching your math, you're teaching your science and your social studies, is how can I connect those content area subjects to the core values that I'm teaching in my classroom? Well, I will say just being in classrooms and, and teacher groups, schools, often, I think that's the one thing I'm probably most impressed with is how our teachers do really weave that character education piece, that their core values throughout everything they do. And you can walk right, right across the hall from my office, and it's right. something I hear on a daily basis. So that's just so impressive to me. Yeah, we hear the, uh, uh, Brooke and I, our, our offices here at the Board of Education are attached to Vestavia Hills Elementary West, which is currently a national school of characters. So they've got it down pretty well. And their core values that they hear, you hear every day and all throughout the school are what they call the West Way, which is kindness, respect, 
and responsibility. And there's a focus on that, very intensive focus and in weaving that into to everything from the youngest students all the way to their students that are getting ready to go to middle school. And like you said, Dr. Cooper, wanting it to become a part of a student's identity. This is just who you are. I heard one teacher say, oh, I want my, my children to become the kind of people you would want to live next door to. The biggest piece that I feel like is is the main glue to this is using those core values. When a student does something that does not reflect those positive core values, the discipline comes in the form of education. By talking about what the core value they could have used, how could it have looked in that situation for them to be able to do a, a, a better job the next time, you know, so that when they make those mistakes, they can fill in those holes with those core values. I've been in the world of education for 30 years, which has flown by, but I can tell you over multiple experiences, what I see our schools doing now through character education is the most authentic representation of efforts to impact hearts and minds of anything I've seen before, uh, because it is about engaging people through uh, the things that we think about every day. Character is the sum of our habits. And so we're constantly thinking about these things and how they are displayed uh, to other people. And what the beauty of the Hope Institute's work with our teams is that our teams have developed core values in the schools that walk alongside what our community believes. So this is, in fact, really just partnering with families to extend the conversations we know go in our homes about values. We bring it into the schools. And so we are we are partnering with the whole community. And I believe what we think are ubiquitous values that are, all of SW Hills believes. And Dr. Freeman, to that point, the Hope Institute, whom we've referenced several times here and in previous podcasts, is based right here in this area. So a lot of their, their home base is Sanford University right here in the Birmingham area. This is a homegrown thing. And a lot of the folks that are uh, involved in that, in the, in the work that they're doing, some of them are former Vestavia educators. Yeah, you're right, Whit. And what it has done is given us some great advantages because of proximity, but also like we've wanted to take character to different levels and let it branch out even further in how we confront challenges. And so it opens up those opportunities for us because we have such a close connection with the school. And in our system right now, one piece that we haven't added yet is that we've just started a central office group going through the Hope Institute to do just what Dr. Freeman said, to look and see how we, as a central office group of administrators, can better support this work from our level. And also, it gives us an opportunity to look at things a different way, to see if there are things on the district level that we need to change or readdress in reference to core values. At our central office, we don't ask our teachers and staff out in the schools to do anything that we would not do ourselves. Right. We expect our teachers and staff to be leaders in uh, developing good character traits. We got to be the people who are out there doing doing the work, too, and doing it on a personal mm -hmm. level. Absolutely. Right. Well, I think a second piece of this that we want to make sure we talk about as well is our um, diversity teams and our um, hope diversity I guess days that we we have each year as well. So. 
um, I think it'd be great if you could elaborate again on how did that idea start and then what does that time together look like? Yeah, I'll, let me speak to this a little uh, and, and then really kind of tip it over to Dr. Cooper, who's the brains behind much of what we do with this. Uh, but for the last several years, uh, we have been making intentional steps to take our character program to new heights. And because of our relationship with Hope Institute, it opened up an opportunity almost three years ago to engage in a different way with our character building programs. Uh, we had a rich conversation in the summer of 2020 about the pillar of our mission statement, which is appreciation of diversity. You know, our beliefs say that all people matter, that everyone deserves respect, and we want to live that out. And in our community, we have greater diversity than one might think. Uh, we have diversity that's based on race. We have it even on socioeconomics. We have it on ethnicities and cultures. It's a vastly diverse community. And when you live out the beliefs that all people are valued and should be respected, that means we want to appreciate diversity in a really unique way. And Vestavia has a great chance to do that. And we believe that it's best done when you impact hearts and minds and character is the way to go. So we take our approach with our work in diversity and appreciation of diversity through the lens of character. That really started wholeheartedly in the fall of 2020 when we extended the partnership with Hope Institute to dive a little deeper into that aspect uh, of character education. So with that work, what we've done is, like Dr. Freeman said, we've been in, this is year three of us doing our appreciation of diversity wing of our partnership with Hope Institute. Mm -hmm. We're totally grateful for them for just agreeing to, you know, allow us to jump in their vehicle to be able to lean on their knowledge base to be able to push this forward. And so with that being said, we started with guiding information. And so we set up several meetings with alumni from our student body, from our system, and we asked them several questions. We went through several articles with them just to get raw feedback and data to provide perspective for us to be able to move forward with this work. We then took that information to a staff advisory team made up of several different individuals within our system, and we shared that feedback with them and collected feedback from them as well, going through some of the same articles, going through some of the same questions, and just really getting their professional feedback input and personal as well um, for the diverse population that we did have on that advisory team. Like I said, we've already been partnering with the Hope Institute and providing the professional development through what we've gone through with their regular cohorts. And so we took all of that and we started work with our central office teams. And our central office administrators went through a book study led by Dr. Freeman on the Leadership Challenge. Mm -hmm. And that was a great year. It was a fun year. And we really focused on our professional learning team and it was challenge the process. And so in that area, we really focused on our hiring, hiring, recruitment and staff diversity, exceptional education and discipline, our cultural inclusive and curriculum and access to advanced courses. So we divided into teams to really do a deep dive into how do we work in those areas, especially under the lens of appreciation of diversity. From there, we work with our school administrators through a series of monthly meetings. We just had those data talks with them. We gave them feedback from what our advisory teams were telling us. 
We gave them feedback and we presented the findings from our central office administrative teams. And we gave them areas to breathe and talk to us through that whole process just to share how things are going in their building and some areas that we could actually improve on. Uh, we also work with our counselors and they went through a book study on Dare to Lead by Brene Brown to really embrace the term vulnerability and how much of a strong word it was to be able to work from with our student um, body. And going back to our school staff, all of our schools sent a team to our Hope Diversity sessions that were hosted by Mountaintop Church. And at those sessions, we really went into just diving into what's going on in our system, looking at our data. We really rolled the coattails of Sanford's Hope Institute. And we had all of our schools look at those core value plans that they created with Sanford and see how we could uniquely address the pillar of appreciation of diversity through the use of those core values. You know, simple things, well, it sounds simple, but things like if someone looks different from you, how to show kindness and respect to them just because they may be doing something different. Mm -hmm. You know, several of our students want to bring their cultural dishes to lunch. Mm -hmm. And so how can we utilize our core values to make them feel valued? And uh, we also have um, encourage our secondary principals to have advisory committees of students so that they can really be able to give them a good breath as to what's going on into, in the buildings. And on top of that, in our core values diversity sessions, we've also had a student panel come and speak to our school teams. And that by far has been the most impactful piece. So good. Yes, because they're given a current recount of what has gone on this school year. Mm -hmm. And they go all the way back down to kindergarten. And those groups have been a diverse group of students. And I mean, I have a set group, uh, set of questions to ask. And now we've been doing it two years with, and I have yet to ask all of my questions because wow. the school teams are so involved that they start popcorning and asking mm -hmm. questions to just get different answers and get the students to elaborate off of those. And then once they've heard all of that, then all of our schools are charged with beginning the process of creating a appreciation of diversity core value plan within their buildings. They're taking the core values that they've developed through the Hope Institute, and they're using those to address diversity within their buildings. And so they're not creating anything else. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're still flowing on that same plate. So when you put all of those things together, what kind of impact does it have on the schools on a day-to-day -day basis? What, you know, when I, if, if I was a parent walking into a school that's, that, that's doing these things and doing them at a high level, what is that school going to look like? What's going to be different? What's going to stand out about it? Well, I would say this, as a fellow educator, I would brag on our faculties. I mean, we have over 900 employees in total in our school system. And when I go into a building, uh, I know that our folks care about our kids. They care about all of our students. And because they do, there's a vulnerability to want to learn and know how we can better support. And, and I will go back and say, what is a more effective way to do that than having common values that we think all children deserve to be treated uh, respectfully. Every person has value. Employees have value. Parents, uh, there, there's no better basis to do that. And what I really like about what Dr. Cooper has described is that what we're doing is learning together. We're talking. We're having conversations around core values and, and how that fits into difficult conversations. We don't use curriculums. 
We don't use things that uh, that people don't get engaged with. We just talk about core values, and we allow that to guide our conversations, uh, so we can grow together, you know, as a family. So I would want people to walk into a building and see the idea of family, and see that we live out what we believe, even if they didn't know we partner with Hope or we had character programming and we have our core values that they would feel in essence when they walk in that every person is treated respectfully. And let me tell you something. If we could just do that in our world, just love each other and respect each other, I think we would answer most of our questions. And there's a reason why that golden rule has been around for so long. If we could just follow that thing real well, I think we could answer a lot of our troubles. So we are trying to equip our kids with that very ideal uh, that uh, we think can be transformative. Well, that's a great way to put it. And it's very exciting to see this work going on. It's really great, just speaking personally, to be involved in this uh, too and and to see things happening and to see the schools getting recognition for this on a state level, on a national level. One thing that we did not mention is that our school system itself uh, has received Uh, national recognition through what's called a Promising Practices Award for our implementation of core values and character education uh, and appreciation of diversity uh, throughout the entire school system. So I'm I'm hopeful that that is going to continue to grow and flourish and expand for us. And uh, it's pretty exciting, pretty exciting days ahead for sure. Dr. Antonio Cooper, Dr. Todd Freeman, thank you all for joining us today on the podcast. Thank Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.